Welcome back to the Everything Bagels podcast. This is part two of our third episode uh, where Zach and I will be diving into the Coachella Valley games that Bay FC played. Enjoy. Bay FC finally played their preseason matches and while they were not accessible to watch, I think I caught a little bit of some streams from San Diego Waves uh, supporters group, The Sirens, and then I know Bridge Brigade uh, streamed part of the game against Angel City, so we had yeah. a little bit, um, but otherwise it really comes down to what was being said on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thankfully for the second match, and we can get a little bit more into it when we get into it, but... Um... Because there was a broadcast for I think it was Angel City in Portland, uh, but coincidentally there ended up being just seemingly a good amount of people at the. Um, or no, it wouldn't be Angel City Portland, San Diego Portland, because Angel City played Bay. Um, there was a good amount of discussion from Angel City fans that were on the ground about um, Bay during that match, and so we were able to see a little bit through their eyes. Because yeah, unfortunately. Uh, for Bridge Brigade, it wasn't foggy weather down there. It was quite warm, and so they had two phones overheat that they tried to uh, stream from. So I, I appreciate them. Shout out to them for doing that. But yeah, um, I think it was something I mentioned in the last episode that, long story short, the Coachella Valley Invitational, um, which is last year was only MLS teams. They did not broadcast any of the matches, despite obviously having the capabilities to do such and it was only this season that they broadcasted any it wasn't all the matches just some of the matches so for nwsl i think i had mentioned in a previous episode that i didn't think they'd be broadcasting any if they're going to follow that trend and so one was broadcast but then even that broadcast was a bit under fire because um they just played interviews the whole time is what i <laughs> <laughs> yeah they i didn't catch the broadcast but they at the very least yeah like uh there's an image that we could potentially link to from the nwsl sub a screenshot of broadcast where you have albertine montoya and a couple of other people talking and then in the small screen uh the picture in picture is the actual match that's occurring which you'd want to swap those at at worst but at best you would not probably have a broadcast of a coach that's not involved with either of the two teams playing going on but that's a whole other thing so it'll be interesting to see um what goes on next uh preseason with Coachella Valley Invitational but um yeah long story short we could only glean things from either Twitter or for context and so a little bit of context which builds off of what we were discussing previously with the international section is we're missing all of our international players um, for a variety of reasons. So for example, you know, as we discussed, Oswala and Kudanaji and Peru were all with their respective national teams during the break. Um, Jen Beattie was having her farewell to Arsenal out in England just a few days before the first match. Uh, Dana Castellanos had only arrived, I think, in the U.S. a few days before um this first match uh and then savvy king as i talked about she was able to play first uh this first game against san diego but 
was then away for the U20s with um, with the following match against Angel City. So we are not seeing our full our full squad here, which leads to I mean in some ways it's probably a good thing because a lot of those players that we spent good money on um, maybe outside of BD, but that's a different discussion. We're assuming are going to be our starters uh, in their respective positions. So it's good to get minutes in for these players that are signed to the team, or even in the case of some others, not even signed to the team yet, like um, draft picks or non-roster invites. And so, yeah, I mean, you can maybe just take us through what our first ever starting 11 was. Yeah, so we had Caitlin Rowland in goal, um, which I don't think is a huge surprise after our long conversation about maybe who would start. And then also, yeah. you know, Prue wasn't even available. Mm-hmm. Um, Caprice Didasco at right back, Menges and Kayla Sharples as center backs. I think Savvy King was playing left back. And then we had Mm-hmm. Alex Luera, the first captain in Bay FC's history as kid. <laughs> nice. Um Joelle Anderson and Dorian Bailey also in the midfield. And then we had Rachel Hill, Tess Bodie, and Jasmine Hamid um in the attacking positions. Yeah, um, so... Important to note, Hamid is a non-roster invitee. So yeah. that is a fun little thing to keep an eye on. Yeah. And also best we can tell it kind of seems like we played a um some version of like a four or three three um we definitely had yeah. four in the back we know that much but how the attackers in midfield lined up is not Clear. certain but at the same time like we know Laura is a midfielder anderson's midfielder bailey is usually a midfielder so then it just comes from there okay was it like do we have four players in the midfield three players you know we're not entirely sure, but it feels like it was some version of a four-three-three. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with soccer um, roster construction or you know formation construction, four would be you know the defenders, three midfielders, three attackers. Um, it's a very standard. Yeah, very standard roster construction. But at the same time, you know, what actually occurs. Um, you know, with some actual footage and whatnot, because it could look, you know, quite complex or just spaced out differently um, when it comes to actual gameplay. But um, yeah, and then when it came to subs, we saw another non-roster invitee in Emmy Allen subbing in for Roland in the 60th minute. Then, um well actually sorry i skipped over the second half uh because with this being preseason they shift around players a huge amount and we'll get into that again but um second half we had roland staying as goalkeeper uh defender kiki kiki pickett in savvy king remained uh maddie moreau a non-roster invitee in defense Alyssa malanson in defense uh jamie shepherd draft pick in midfield, Maya Doms, draft pick in midfield, Carolyn Conti, draft pick also in midfield, and then forward to Brianna Visalia, who's a non-roster invitee, uh, Tess Bode, Bode uh, and then Princess, oh, being our, I think, sole international um, player that was able to get any minutes. Um, and 
yeah, and then we had the subs, like I mentioned, of Emmy Allen for Roland, who Emmy Allen's a non-roster invitee. And we'll get a little bit into the interesting bit of that as far as being a fourth, essentially a fourth, fourth string goalkeeper that has stuck around and what that potentially means. Um, and then we had preseason fun because Bailey, who was subbed out at halftime, came in um, in the 70th minute for uh, Carolyn Conti. And then Conti herself, two minutes later, was subbed back into the game for Bodie. Uh, because... <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, we had some little bit of insider uh, eyewitness information on why this uh, two-minute um, sit-on-the-bench occurred. I was very confused when this happened. Um, and I just didn't know if it was Albertine playing with the roster or whatnot. But it's mm-hmm. because Caroline Conti got bodied by a wave player and needed like to take a beat to just kind of like catch breath, get her head back on her shoulders before she could go back on the field. Um, so, you know, glad that they did that and like gave her the the time, you know, it's preseason. We don't need to be taking any risks. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in a midfield full of draft picks. Like that is a <laughs> rookie midfield. If I have ever seen one. Yeah. Goodness. Um, yeah. It is interesting, too, because it just makes me think of when it comes to NCAA uh, college soccer, one of the things that can be done in those games is you have, I think, unlimited substitutions. I do not specifically recall right now if you can, I think you can sub players in and out, um, like back in, back out. Um, So it is interesting that for those players, they're a bit used to it, but they're having to move into uh, a league, which obviously does not um, have that sort of rule. Um, but at the very least in preseason is something where there's a lot more flexibility for the sake of players uh, so that they can get, you know, minutes into their legs, but also not be run into the ground from day one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about who was on the field. But we haven't talked about what's happened on the field. So San Diego scored the first goal um, based on what I could tell from Twitter. Uh Bay did a pretty decent job holding them off for quite a while until I think it was right before halftime that San Diego got their first goal. Um, But not too fast because I think two minutes into the second half, none other than Maya Doms, um, first-round draft pick from Stanford, scored Bay FC's first goal in history. Um. Which is very exciting, I think. I think mm-hmm. having a draft pick score, I think having someone with ties to the Bay score, um, just very feel good to me. Mm-hmm. I will say I have seen a video of the goal. It was off of a set piece, mm-hmm. which is fun. I love a set piece goal. I think it's actually very important. But it was not the best set piece I've ever seen. I will say that. But they scored anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there's some sort of saying that, you know, an uh, essentially an ugly goal, the only ugly goal that can be, you know, called an ugly goal is one that's not actually scored. So, yeah. you know, we'll take a scrappy goal for our first one. It is funny that it goes against kind of the whole, like, potential possession-oriented, you know, what we think of of what a goal should be for this team. But you take what you get. And I'm okay with that, especially looking at this, 11 
Yeah, because definitely. it is certainly a hodgepodge of players. Um, yeah, and even outside of that, actually, I think um, in an interview for the second or after the second match, Montoya said something to the effect of like they haven't actually been focusing on like scoring. finishing. Yeah, <laughs> in practice, like they've more of just been focusing on like the system and uh, keeping possession, things like that. And so, yeah, that in combination with not having the um, high profile goal scorers that we uh, discussed earlier in this episode or um, yeah, it's something where for them just to even get a goal against a squad that is a lot more um, put together as far as just, you know, players having spent X number of years in NWSL and also, um, you know, at this point they're going into their third year uh, together as a roster. Whereas, you know, there's been like a, just over a month of these players being together for um, Bay FC at tops. And then you have your draft picks that, you know, have also had a bit less time than some of these other players. So yeah, it was good to see a goal get scored. And then um, San Diego ended up uh, scoring what ended up being a winning goal, which, you know, dampers a little bit of the mood for Bay, but also I think, you know, again, this preseason, you can only, take so much out of it but um just the fact that a goal was scored was really great to see yeah i think i think it was good to momentum right i think um in our first episode you and i both said you know we weren't going to read too much into these games um it's just good for the players to get minutes together against more established teams yes this wasn't san diego's traditional starting 11 right Mm -hmm. but Still, I think, a really solid team. I think it's a team with depth. Um, so I think it was good practice and test for Bay, particularly these younger mm-hmm. players. Because, um, again, that second that second half, that midfield is interesting, is the word I'll use. Mm-hmm. And that's not even, like, an insult to any... This isn't me questioning their abilities, but more just, like, that's not... The midfield, I imagine, being the starting eleven, so it's just fun to see them all out on the pitch together, right? Like these are three players who've never played in the NWSL before. Yeah, and I think that is just speaks to preseason being preseason, yeah. where Montoya is probably like, okay, let's just see how you know some of our less experienced players do uh, together. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was something that I think we talked about in one of the first uh, couple episodes, as far as there or this might have been an off the pod conversation i can't recall specifically right now but in any case bay doesn't really have a lot of um space to experiment when it comes to the regular season starting there is no cup competition that is happening in tandem with the regular season and so the only experimenting you can really do without risking any losses right now are in these preseason matches and then any potential other scrimmages that they have um, that potentially aren't going to be announced. That'll be like closed door as in, you know, uh, people aren't able to see them and they might not even share the results. So yeah, it is something where it's a bit funny where you're like, okay, I see what you guys are doing out there. Um, you're just like, let's throw them all, you know, into the furnace a bit, um, and just see how it goes. And all things considered didn't go too bad. I mean, they didn't score another goal, but also they only conceded one goal and, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of, you know, if there are 
some more rosters that we get to see in this preseason if there are you know another match added um yeah if there's going to be much a difference here if it's going to be more experimentation time yeah time will tell uh we did have you know another match played so we did have other rosters to look at as mentioned before savvy king was not at this game because she was either in colombia already or on the way to colombia and so we had a pretty um we had some new faces in the starting 11 against angel city we had melissa louder at goalkeeper and she didn't get any minutes in that previous um fixture and then we had didasco once again right back megas and sharples once again as center back so if we see this repeating that might be a hint at something as far as what the back line will look like look like at the start of the season but you know we'll see what see what goes uh picket at left back and then shepherd anderson and bailey in the midfield um and then hill bodie and once again hamid up top and there were a couple of first half subs or i sorry only one first half sub which was um hamid coming off for uh defender and melanson so that is interesting. That might have been a potential um, potential shape or formation change, potentially having, let, uh, I'm going to say potentially another 500 times, apparently. Um, I will potentially say it again. Um, we might have a situation of like five at the back, which, you know, that's a variation of potentially a 4-4-3. I said it again, um, where you have your wing backs able to bomb up and down but then you have your uh essentially three center backs yeah so that was that was a bit interesting i was like oh wow something we can actually kind of glean from the tweets though um the, later i'll talk about i i wasn't sure potentially if all the tweets were correct as far as who was playing and things like that but we'll get that in in the second half subs but um as far as the second half, 11, Louder stayed in. A goalkeeper, um, Moreau came in. In defense, Menges and Sharples still were around. Um, Melanson remained uh, in that defensive position after the sub in the 33rd minute. And we had Shepard still staying in the game. Conti, Doms, Vesalia, Bodie, and Hill were all brought into the game as well. Um, or sorry, Bodie and Hill were already in there, but uh, Conti, Doms, and Vesalia were were fresh in there. And so then the subs that happened in the second half, we had a goalkeeper sub of Rowland in for Louder, and then Anderson came back into the game for Shepard. Pickett came back in the game for Hill, which again, that was another defender for forward, uh, which was interesting. And then we had Hamid come back into the game for Bodie, uh, Bailey, a midfielder, came in for Menges. And then the the sub I was alluding to, which I, you know, I haven't tried to seek out information on this. I haven't, like, emailed the front office or anything. But what they tweeted was that goalkeeper Emmy Allen came in for defender Sharples in the 80th minute, which meant by the canon of uh, the Twitter account that there was two goalkeepers on the field and one of them was playing in defense or I guess that she could have been up top for all we know. Um, 
and so unless I'm hallucinating this, um, I don't really know what happened there. Um, because even if it was Allen coming in, it would be kind of a little odd for her to just play 10 minutes of the second game, but I don't know. Um, so this again is something where, like, since unfortunately we weren't able to be there, we can only speak to what the club put out, and I, I didn't necessarily see uh, any reports from, um, from writers as far as talking about what this looked like. We might see some content come out afterward. Uh, if if it does, then you know we'll discuss it secondhand. But for now, this is all the information we have. But we do still feel like we have a good amount that we can discuss as far as the lineup goes, even with this, um, you know, relatively incomplete information. Yeah. So I'm. I asked someone. I'm gonna see if I can get an answer on the Emmy Allen thing. Uh, <laughs> I guess it was like the logical thought would be like. Mit, like trying to minimize minutes on for certain players mm -hmm. and or like someone took a knock like had like a small knock or something and they didn't want to put them back on like i feel like the logical answer is just like there was no one else to put on which is concerning in its own right but also a bunch of players are not currently available because of international duty and having just gotten into the u.s mm -hmm. that being said um from what I could watch with this game and from what I saw on Twitter, we outshot Angel City like crazy. Mm -hmm. Like crazy, which is very reassuring to me. Because like I said, shoot or shoot, I'm here for taking all the shots. Mm -hmm. um, if we're going to dive into the stats conversation, I think shots is a better measure of team performance than shots on goal. Does that make sense? I can um, potentially see that argument. I think shots on goal is too limiting. I think shots taken is a much better picture of like an offensive effort. Yes, sometimes shots taken are going to be horrible, but shots on goal I think is very, very limiting. Yeah, to um, be fair, like a shot that hits the crossbar does not count as a shot on goal, which I do and don't understand because technically the goal definition is of you know the net uh, or the net space but not the crossbar or um, posts but also if you do hit those that is pretty damn close to getting into the net um, so I do yeah I do see that argument and then also just showing kind of general offensive um, output um, but yeah and then some other comments that I saw from Angel City fans that were present was that um that bay was pressing a decent amount and that that was getting in the way of kind of the buildup that angel city was trying to do and then also just that in general it seemed like bay was able to successfully get their um possession style play going which also you know kind of to what we're talking about if you're able to do that without some of the core players that you are going to be involving in that, like let's say a Castellanos or in the case of the Angel City game, no Loera, um, along with the various international forwards we've discussed. That's huge. Cause if you can do that from the the very highest profile players on your roster all the way down to, you know, players that are going to be more of on your bench or not even on your bench, like that's huge for when it comes to rotation or injury that the system or the um, style 
is greater than the players that are involved. Of course, specific players are going to be able to enhance your style. Um, but at the same time, it's something where, you know, we, we want to see that, yeah, from top to bottom. So that is really encouraging to hear and from people that didn't need to butter Bay up at all. These are from opposing fans and ones that, you know, will be on beef wash as far as uh, being LA fans. So it's, uh, yeah, great to hear that. Yeah, and I think further context on that, Angel City starting 11 was, I think, a really solid one. Um, they had Angelina Anderson in goal, who, you know, carried over from last season, kind of took over that that starting position. Um, Allie Riley, Sarah Gordon, Emma Vignola, Katie Johnson, Alyssa Thompson, Sydney LaRue, Madison Hammond, um, Jess Garziano, and then they had two non-roster invitees. So that's like a pretty killer starting 11, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, that's definitely a very solid level. Like an Angel City team that was really starting to kind of gel and cook last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think knowing that the Bay players were able to be successful in their goal of like the style of play they wanted to commit to mm-hmm. is really encouraging. Yeah. Yes, the game ended 0-0. But they haven't even worked on finishing according to Albertine. So <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even have any of our like actual like attacking players that have been signed for like mm-hmm. the big goals. Yeah, and even you know, yeah, even for the second match like um maybe I might be repeating myself, I'm not sure, but yeah, Princess um who played in the first match did not play in this one and mm-hmm. she's someone that I know I think I saw a lot of positive words about as far as her performance and um shooter shoot putting a lot of shots on and things like that. So yeah, she was missing, and then all of our players that were missing for international duty, um, including Cam- uh, Camberos, who's injured. So, yeah, we essentially had, like, one to two attacking starters out there. Um, yeah, so it was really impressive to see. And then also, when you're a new team, I think a solid defense is a lot more important than a solid offense. I, you hope to have both, but... Um, if you can prevent the other team from scoring uh, and then you end up like we were talking about in the first preseason match, if you can get a scrappy goal, that's a win um, versus just trying to outscore your opponent. That's a lot more difficult. Um, if you're just like, okay, if they score three on us, let's just try and score four. That's not always going to work. Um, sometimes you score zero. Um, but just to, to kind of wrap it up and just think about, our roster um, and what we can glean from from this. So one of the things that I found interesting um, about Emmy Allen outside of her potential cameo for a defender, uh, which we'll hopefully find out the context of, but she is a non-roster invitee. Uh, so she wasn't someone we drafted uh, or anyone drafted. And so it feels like this lends to potential theory that, um, Chris Anderson of the Woso Independent suggested some time ago um, when the initial initial sorry initial preseason roster was announced that potentially Allen is one for the future and someone that Bay could sign but then loan out 
because I don't see us using a roster spot on a fourth goalkeeper. And if we sign her but loan her out, she wouldn't count towards our roster numbers as far as I know. Um, so it could be something where bases, when it comes to data or just uh, and or her play, that they're like, you know what, this is someone that we want to keep around or we see potential in. But we think that she needs some time elsewhere. And then we'll see how the three goalkeepers that we have um, with the main roster and Rowan, Prue, and um, Louder, that we'll see what shakes out with them and then decide do we keep Allen or not. So that'll be interesting to kind of see how that develops. But I I feel like if they didn't have interest in her, I know, also, you know, I know granted Prue is gone for Canadian national team. So that might also be part of why Allen's around. But, you know, I feel like if there wasn't, the interest in her that she wouldn't be getting as many minutes as she has been. Yeah. And I think on that note and that same line of thinking, the inclusion of Brie Vasali, midfielder, Maddie Moreau and Jasmine Hamid, who all got minutes and are all NRIs is, is, is something I think to keep worth keeping an eye on because these could be certain signings um, coming in the future, especially, you know, in our midfield, which I would say is where I think the club is probably looking the weakest or has the least depth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and these are all, th- these are three players with different experiences. You know, H- Hamid was, um, comes from Towson University, uh, class of 2023 i believe mm-hmm. um, or or her senior season was 2023 mm-hmm. um uh, vasali is 28 years old has pro experience was last linked to our house a danish club um and previously had experience in england and the nwsl um she played with houston um from in 2020 to 2022 um 35 regular season matches with them. So she has some pretty solid NWSL experience. And then Maddie Moreau um, was a fifth year at West Virginia this past Mm -hmm. year. So, you know, these are players that could potentially fill in uh, some gaps. I think, especially when I think about just like cap space Mm -hmm. would probably be like very feasible signings financially Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, for these players and then you know for the nris that seem like to not stick around that if we don't sign them what comes in the in the regular season um they won't be as much a factor this season but in previous ones uh and saw had a roster mechanism of what was called a national team replacement player and it was essentially a short-term contract that um, while national team matches were happening during the regular season you'd be able to bring in those players um, to fill in those roster spots for X amount of time. And then there was not, there was a um, not insignificant amount of players that then would be converted to uh, regular contracts to at least finish out the regular season. So even if some of these players do not join Bay at this time, uh, we could still see them join in the future. Although as we alluded to early on um, in discussing uh, the Vaca situation, also, these players, you know, if they're good enough to be on the fringes of an NWSL roster, they could end up 
being picked up either by another NWSL team or with the Super League starting in the summer, they could be picked up there. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. But with how much time, uh, preseason time has been invested into these non-roster invitees, it feels like there's a pretty solid shout for them to be um, on the roster going into the regular season. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I'd i not be surprised if, if we see two or three more signings um, before the start of the season, specifically of non-roster invitees. I will, I will say if Emmy Allen is one of them, <clears throat> I am curious about that kind of commitment to signing a player and loaning them out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot to be said about like the desire to see like academies um, for women's teams mm -hmm. and like more clear developmental pathways, but goalkeeping is one that I always find tricky because players tend to peak much later than you would as an outfield player. Mm -hmm. And so your 30s is actually where you see a lot of keepers in their prime. Mm -hmm. And Emmy Allen is still in college or could still be in college, right? Like Emmy Allen could go back to college. Mm -hmm. um, Emmy Allen's very young. College provides as close to pro as you can get in terms of like how much you're playing, how much you're training. Mm -hmm. um, depending on the league, it could be better in terms of amount of time. Mm -hmm. So, so I'll be curious where, you know, in this hypothetical scenario, Emmy Allen signed and loaned, where does she go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's a long-term development, commitment, mm -hmm. right? Like that's not a player that becomes, you know, I think it's very, Kiara Keating, I think is the exception, right? 19 in the WSL starting for Man City getting called up to England camp. Goodness. That's that's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be that by the end of preseason, it just was something where they needed another body to rotate in with um, the two goalkeepers not having a third around. But again, it's a non, you know, it's a pretty decent amount of time that they've put in for um, a keeper that is not currently signed to the roster. So yeah, we'll... We'll keep our eyes peeled on that, but I think on that note, uh, we'll probably sign off for now. Yep. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, and oh, we have an email now. So if you have any questions, feel free to email us at bay b a y goals g o a l s pod at gmail.com. Yeah, and then um, you can reach out to us also on socials. I'm at some cruise dude on. Twitter and Reddit, and then we have Gnocchi underscore FC on Twitter over here. And then, um, yeah, we'll post a discussion thread on the um, Bay FC subreddit, and then also we'll have our show notes that go along with the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, until next time, up the bagels. Up the bagels.